Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, founder and founder and CEO. I can't say my own title. I'm Jeremy Shear, founder and CEO of Tribal Knowledge Podcasting, and my guest is Chip Jordan, Director of Business Development and Marketing at Herrero Builders. Chip, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks, Jeremy. Likewise. So tell us a little bit about Herrero Builders. What do you build? Yeah, Herrero is a unique firm in the Bay Area, Bay Area focused, family owned, has been for 65 years since its inception. I'm proud to be here. We really focus on healthcare, serving healthcare clients, life sciences and biotech. That's who we build for a little bit of education and commercial clients in there as well, but really have built a reputation with healthcare in the Bay Area. I think the other thing that's great about Herrero is really they own a niche in lean construction, integrated project delivery type projects, which is just really highly collaborative projects. And uh, for anybody listening who knows the architecture, engineering, construction industry, you know, highly collaborative has been building and building and building and things are shifting all the time. And you see tons of different delivery models, but uh, Herrero's really built a reputation on that. And that's really what what they've become to be known for. Last thing I'll add too, and going on and on about <laughs> what I love about Herrero. I mean, one thing that's relevant to this conversation is one of their core values is relationships matter deeply. We're really fortunate to have clients that we've been working with for 20, 30 years. And that doesn't happen if you don't really care about those relationships. And it's great to see that that's one of their core values. It's one of the reasons I joined in the first place. Yeah, thanks for that. And in fact, that's our topic for today, relationships and and how to build them. And, you know, my wife is an architect. And so she works with a lot of contractors, a lot of builders. So I can see it firsthand that it's all about relationships. In fact, that's how they get a lot of their business, right? The relationships she's built right. with general cont- contractors send her a lot of business. So in your world, what's your approach to building strong relationships with prospects? You know, I a little background on me. I spent a lot of my years behind a closed door looking at website analytics and being the introvert that I naturally am. And I probably professed at some point in time that I would never be building relationships. I'd never be a business developer. I'd never be in the sales side of the business. And um, so to answer the question, I think for me, and this is personal, it doesn't work for everybody, but I, you know, we're fortunate in our industry to work with people for a very long time. You know, your wife's an architect. She's on projects, I presume, for months, Mm -hmm. if not years. If you're not in it to build relationships, you're not going to do very well in this industry because you're you're forced into a room with people for a long, long period of time. And so my personal approach, whether I meant to develop it or not, is just approach people with kindness and and focus on kind of those human connections. It, just be a friend, be consistent. Of course, if we're in this because we're, we're in business, you know, and we're, we need to make money. We need to keep our businesses alive. But everybody knows that. I think there's a lot of opportunity in my industry to be friends with people. And, and in fact, you're going to run into the same people year after year. You're going to run into somebody 10 years from now that you kind of forgot you did a project with. That's kind of the nature of the industry. And there are a lot of real true relationships and friendships that come out of this industry. Mm-hmm. So you almost have to adopt that, in my opinion, no matter what part of the organization you're in. And you know, if that answers the question, it's really just this human relationship approach. And that could be a million different sure. things, right? But you almost have to start there. At least I've learned personally, that's where I have to start. And so when you say, you know, be friends, what does that mean? What does that actually look like? 
there's, you know, it's, it's almost as simple as just that. You almost just have to jump in. And, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd, I was fortunate to help coach some of my colleagues at a previous firm. And it finally occurred to me, whether I'm just getting more mature and I'm learning how things really work in the world, but it occurred to me to focus on people's strengths. And so you have different versions of being a friend. You know, there they're, they're those folks who are real problem solvers and jump into a room and can assess it and answer it quickly. That's very valuable for clients. And that's very valuable to a certain type of friend. There are the other folks, though, who are just maybe more caretakers mm-hmm. and are naturally inclined to just ask the right questions and get down to the heart of what's bugging their client. And I think that's another version of being a friend. I mean, you don't, my company doesn't work with your company. The people at my company work with the people at your company. And so because we do this for a long time, because we build buildings that take years, Mm -hmm. part of being a friend is just really caring about the problems that the other partners you have on a project, really caring about what's in their way, really caring about not just knowing what's in their way, but asking them what's in their way. I relate that to friendship because I think I think it's just an easier human way to think about it. It helps me think about it that way. It keeps me from worrying about sales. It keeps me from worrying about schedule and budget and profit, which are things we have to worry about. But again, I mean, those are all things we know we have to do. If you hate working with people for three years, again, it's it's not going to be a very memorable experience. You're probably not going to get the next job. And it's just not as fun, you know, mm-hmm. and so... I, I, I'm kind of circling around, but I think it just comes back to really caring about people and really care about them in a sense of, you know, approach it as being their friend. And I think a lot of the other stuff starts to fall away when you do it. Yeah. That way. You know, when I think about the business relationships that I have or the ones that I feel like I've really developed good, strong relationships, when I think about what makes them work, I come up with a couple things. One is time. The more time you spend with people, the typically the yeah. better you get to know them if you're going to get to know them at all, right? So part of it right. is just like spending time with people and collaborating with them and actually doing a thing together. There's nothing that brings out people's real personalities like actually, you know, having to do things and yeah. meet deadlines and things. So that's one piece of it. And then it's it's kind of feeling like a certain vibe with somebody that you just, you're talking on the same level and that... At, at in every interaction, I get the clear sense from that person that they're trying to help me and kind of make my life easier and at, and making it easier for me to do the same for them. You know, so we've sort of built this relationship where we're looking out for each other and we're, we're like rowing yeah. toward a common goal. And, you know, even if we're not constantly saying that to each other, it's like, that's pretty clear. And I just trust that that's what's going on. I feel like for me anyway, that's at the heart of a lot of relationships that I've built that I really value. What do you think about that? I, I think that's right on. I, 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 I like the, uh, the sentiment of adding value. I like the sentiment of looking out for each other. I think that's a great way to put it because you don't know which way some of these things are going to go. You know, a project that lasts for two to three years, there is no perfect way this is going to roll out and things are going to go sideways. And there's a level of trust you have to have with the people on your team, in your company, but with all the other partners that are going to be around, you do have to look out for each other. If you don't look out for each other, the project's not going to go well. No project is perfect. It always goes sideways to some degree. You know, one thing that I think we do really well at Herrero is 
We're not making a promise that the project's going to roll out perfectly, but we are going to promise that when it goes sideways, a little bit or a lot of it, we're all going to try to figure it out together. Mm. And that's the collaboration. And that's, I think that's another version of calling it a friendship. You know, you're all in it together to make it successful. And friends help each other. Friends trust each other. Friends, you know, you can't read each other's minds, but you know what you're in it for. And, And I think that's what I mean by having to build friendships in this industry and, and particularly on a project, but more broadly in the industry, because we're all growing together. It's a, it's a small industry at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, you're going to run into each other again. You're going to circle around the same people. It's kind of better to be friends with everybody and head in the same direction. Yeah, you know? no, no doubt. And, you know, I know like in business, you, you might even develop friendships that transcend the business, right? That you become genuine friends with with someone that you might even just hang out with for fun, right? But but yeah. for the most part, that happens. It, it happens. But but generally, for the most part, right? I think I think they're mostly business relationships, right? And they and at their best, they're really friendly and very productive, and you like look forward to working with those people. But still, though, there is a, a commercial element to it, of course, right? Like there has to yeah. be. A return on your investment in that relationship, and and both parties understand that. So, especially in those early stages, we are still developing a relationship with someone you're not yet working with, but you're kind of cultivating as a potential client. What do you find is kind of the trickiest, or maybe the most crucial part of the process in kind of making the time you're investing pay off, so that that person becomes not just someone now that you know and you kind of have a relationship with, but you're actually working together. Like, do you know what I mean? That how do you not let yeah. the transactional part of it kind of get in the way or even kind of ruin it? Yeah. Planning, number one, is, is I don't know that that's the trickiest, but it's the part that we all skip over, mm-hmm. it seems. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and again, I mean, you can't skip over the plan when you're building a building. You, you, you've got you've to know the plan. You got to know why you're doing it. You got to know how it's going to roll out. So, you know, as a as the, the business developer in me has to spend time at the beginning understanding why I even want to contact this person. I mean, much less be a friend with them. Why do I want to do business with them? Do they even build the kind of buildings that, that, that Herrero, you know, professes we're good at? Do they even, are they even in the right geography? There are a lot of basics here, of course, but part of that is defining your intention. You know, why, what, what's the intent with this client? If I want this client the way we want clients, for 20 years, for 30 years, you got to just spend some time, you know, sitting back and thinking about what does that look like? Is this a client that I actually can have for 20 years? And you, you're not going to know, but you're, you're going to know if you can't, yeah. you know, that th- there are some things you can rule out. But I think the, the trickiest part as a human being, not as a company, but it's the personal discipline to do it. And you hit on it earlier if you're going to be friends with anybody or if you're going to have a business relationship, if we want to just call it that, you better be present. You better check in. You better actually care. And then you got to show you care, yeah. you know? So there is some habit building. There's some consistency. And I think I would call that the trickiest part because I wake up every day thinking about that sort of stuff. My colleagues don't wake up every day thinking about business development. They went to school to be an yeah. architect or they, studied lean construction. They have jobs to run, you know, they have budgets and schedules and that's stressful and hectic. They don't wake up thinking about sales. Mm. Well, I don't know that I think about sales. I think about relationships Mm -hmm. to be quite honest, but I have to honor that 
but that's part of the personal discipline. There's also, they might not have gone to school to, to be a business developer, but that is part of the role when you're in this yep. business. You've got to perform, you've got to earn trust, and then you've got to kind of subtly, even if it's only for five minutes a week, start to tip that into the next project, right? And so I think that's what I've learned maybe in the last three to four years is helping people develop that discipline, form the habit, and then just get into a routine of how are you going to contribute using your strengths to move our company forward? Mm -hmm. Love it. Well, that's, you kind of walked right into the next question and maybe you already answered it, but it's, you know, something that you've learned about marketing and audience gave engagement over the past few years. And I guess I'll just add something that maybe has surprised you or something new that you're like, Oh, that's a, that's a, a good insight. Yeah, I, the surprise for me, despite the, the, the real surprise now that I'm doing business development that I said I would never do, that's a surprise. <laughs> but I, I spent so much of my career and maybe maybe the, your audience will resonate with this or this will resonate with them. We spend a lot of time on marketing campaigns, on measuring analytics, on staring at the website and, you know, seeing how things go up or down or whether or not people are, are sharing our, our stuff on social media. And, and that's valuable for a lot of marketers. I think what I've learned, and maybe it was a surprise given who I was 15 years ago, is just how personal this industry mm. is. I, you know, I, I think I spent a lot of time trying to cram that square peg into the round hole, thinking about analytics and campaigns and mass mailings and these sorts of things. But the reality is I, one human, am going to have lunch with another one human. That's not a mass email campaign. Yeah. And when that started dawning on me, and it was it was obvious to a lot of other people before it was to me, that's where the power is. And and I again, I'm fortunate in this industry to have that. I mean, you know, if you're if you're selling uh, if you're selling mass consumer goods, you don't get the one on one. I'm fortunate that I get that, and so I can't pretend that uh, a mass campaign is going to do the trick when I need to understand what somebody's worried about, and a very particular somebody, yep. you know. Well, I think especially if you're in the B2B world, that's always the case to one degree or another. Yeah, I think, well, and, and you and I talked about this on our last call that, you know, personas are awesome. Yeah. You know, when, when you've got a wide range of people and you need to put them in certain buckets, that's great. For me, I probably spent a little bit too much of my time thinking about personas and not about the person. And that that was a light bulb moment mm-hmm. for me. and And it really helped how I think about winning work. It allows you to kind of focus and, and find more of a niche, whether that's a person or a sector. And uh, and that's what you need in this industry. You don't have to win a million jobs a year. You need to win a few really good ones. And if we're not careful, we spend too much time thinking about the masses and not focusing ourselves, which really is one of the tricks of marketing. Absolutely. Right? Get focused. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally agree. Well, Chip, thank you for a great conversation. Really engaging. I learned a lot. Well, thanks, Jeremy. I appreciate you having me on. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.